Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. How's hey, can all y'all stand up? How's everybody doing today? How many of y'all ready to start a new year differently and get it, get it going? Let's go, let's go. Want to welcome all the visitors. My name is Miles, I'm pastor of Rock Church, and we are one church in many locations. We got City Heights right here. We got Chula Vista, El Cajon, San Marcos, and Oahu and here in Point Loma and everybody watching online. Let's give all those people about a big, a big hand, big hand. Um, I am developing a training to empower people to share their faith effectively. And as part of that training, uh, which we just had one about two weeks ago, um, we are collecting names for people that they want to be saved. So if you come to the training, who do you want to be saved because you are going to be the one to reach out to them. Everyone say just one. Just one is the name of the training. Can you lead just one to the Lord? Can you be responsible for just one person? So behind me, you're going to see some names on the screen. And these are the people that those people submitted. And so every week, we're going to pray for people who are, who are not saved that we want to get saved. Can I get amen? And then we're going to give you opportunity to give us those names of who you want us to pray for. But then we're going to pray also that you would go talk to them. Right? Everyone say just one. <laughs> You're going to put it back on you because that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so I want to just take a minute to pray for these names behind me. And then we want to pray for you and, and that you will go out and do what you got to do. But also that this series that we're going to start today, uh, God would implant something in your heart that changes your life. Amen? Amen. So let's all lift our hands up. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for uh, forgiving us of our sin. But you did not do that just for us. You did that for what you want to do in us and through us. And so I pray for the names behind us, uh, behind me on the screen. I pray you bless them and prepare their hearts to hear the gospel. I pray you prepare all of us to share the gospel to the people uh, in our life and give us the courage and the faith to open our mouth and tell people why we believe in God and how it can change their life. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before you sit down, all right, let's go, let's go. The other thing we're going to do every week is you're going to hear a testimony. I'm sure all y'all heard testimonies on all the campuses. Were those testimonies great? Were the testimonies great? Amen. Every week we are going to practice the gospel, a piece of it, and we're going to practice it here. So when you go out into the street, out into your job, whatever, it'll just roll off your lip. Amen. The gospel is the power. It's not your charisma or your eloquence. It's the gospel itself. So if you could just say it, God will do something supernatural in people's lives. So on behind me is a screen we call the gospel context. The gospel context is why is the gospel even relevant? If you told someone Jesus died for their sin, they'd be like, so what? So we want to start with that. Amen? Amen. So let's read this together. On three, count of three. One, two, three. The gospel context. God created us in his image to live in a loving relationship with him. Pridefully, we rebelled against God and ruined the opportunity. Let's do it again. Gospel context. God created us in his image to live in a loving relationship with him. Pridefully, we rebelled against God and ruined the opportunity. Notice the three words in R that are read. Those are the key words. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody around you that you don't know and say that to them. Go ahead. <laughs>
Let's go, let's go, let's go. You may be seated, you may be seated. So let me role play something for y'all. Ladies, all the ladies in the house say hey. Okay, ladies, you're at Starbucks, you're trying to get a little coffee and some dude walks up to you and goes, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? What's your name? And you go, my name is Laquita. How you doing? He says, what's your name? My name is, my name is Boo Boo. Okay, Boo Boo, did you know that God created you in his image to have a loving relationship with him? And you rebelled against him and ruined everything. <laughs> you're trying to have a relationship with him. He wants to have a relationship with you like you're trying to have a relationship with me. So you need Jesus in your life. It's that simple. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So that's just part of it, but that's how easy it can be, okay? All right, um, turn to Matthew chapter seven, boo-boo. <laughs> Matthew 17, Matthew 17, one seven. So the Greek language has several words for the term love. We have different kinds of love that we experience with people. You got storage aid love, which is kind of love for you, you and your mother, you and your father, your family. Then you have phileo love, which is your friends. Like my friends, you know, my boys, I love them, but it's a specific kind of love for those guys. And then you have uh, eros love, which is like a romantic love. It's when you meet somebody and, you know, something, you get dizzy when you think about them, right? Uh, and you might experience that as a little kid. I remember, I remember my first crush, I was like, you know, 10, nine years old, right? And, and, you, so that, and then as you grow, that Eros love takes on its own personality. But then when I had my first child, I experienced agape love. Agape love is unconditional, self-sacrificial. It was ownership love. And what I mean by ownership was, I knew when I saw my, first, my wife and my first child that if, that if we did not feed that child, the child would die. If we did not clothe that child, the child would die. If we did not love that child, the child would die. It, we took ownership to love that child. Matter of fact, I've been talking to you about my granddaughter that I had. She's nine months old. I'm going to show you a picture because I just want, I, I keep telling you about, about her. I just need to show it to you. This is her. Uh, this is her. There she is. Boom. I mean, I don't, I don't know a girl baby got nothing on that girl right there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to find her an agent. You know what I'm saying? So... That's my, that's my girl right there. But my son and his wife have ownership of caring for her. So here's my question to you. Can you take ownership of your spiritual walk? Not put it on anybody else. Don't put it on the church. Don't put it on this. Put it on you. And so we're going to start a series today called The Year That Changed My Life. And we're going to talk about what we're going to teach the next seven weeks and each one of those topics that we're going to talk about the next seven weeks are designed to make this year the best year of your life. That if you do these things and follow the, the guidelines that God's going to do something in your life that's going to be better, that's going to change your life. And each one of those next seven weeks is a topic that we're going to address over the rest of the year. So not only am I going to teach over the next seven weeks, we're going to also have events and trainings throughout the year to reinforce your ability to do these things. Now, if you don't want this year, your, your life to be changed this year, if you don't want this year to be the year to change your life, then don't do anything, which, okay. But don't complain, though. Don't complain to God. Don't complain to your parents. Don't complain to your boss. You, it's on you. But you, if, if there's one person we need to take ownership of taking care of, it's ourselves. Can I get an amen? 
And so each one of these topics, I'm going to give you the information today that we're going to talk about over the next seven weeks. And each one of those weeks correlates to some stuff we're going to do throughout the year. And if you say, I am going to take responsibility, and, and by the way, I would, I would define ownership as intentional responsibility, that you are intentionally responsible. All y'all got up today and you ate some food, had a coffee. Can I get an amen? I mean, how many people do you know that they got to have their coffee? Well, let's try this. How many of y'all are that person? Do you know that coffee's addictive? That you got to have it probably because you're addicted? We're going on a fast today. Try to fast coffee. And you'll learn that you're addicted because about three days from now, you'll be under the table. Like... <laughs> So, seven things, seven things. Number one, next week we're gonna talk about prayer. Everyone say prayer. prayer. Everyone say prayer. prayer. Uh, take ownership, everyone say take ownership. Prayer. For making, it, making prayer at the year that prayer changed your life. Prayer is you communicating with God and through that communication, God does something that you can't do. You don't pray for things that you can do. There's no need to do that, just do it. The reason we pray is that there's, through access to God, something's going to happen. Revelation's going to happen. Miracles are going to happen. Healing's going to happen. Opportunities are going to happen that you can't make happen. And so I would, if you're, if you're, this year is going to be the best year of your life. If this year is going to change your life, something's got to happen that you can't do. Prayer is going to, got to be part of that. How many of y'all would like have more powerful prayer in your life? So guess what? Next week, we're going to be right here. I'm going to talk about prayer. And when you leave next week, you will be able to pray bread. I created a, 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 a new acronym, not an acronym, a prayer model that I taught my grandson in five minutes. He's nine years old. So bring your kids. It's going to be so simple. All of y'all are going to walk out of here guaranteed, guaranteed saying, I can pray. Not only can I pray by myself, I can pray if I'm in a circle with people. How many of y'all are scared to pray in a circle when you're in a circle with people that even that you don't know out loud? Can I get an amen? Raise your hand. Okay, fine. Imagine if at your job, imagine if at the mall, you meet someone in the mall and God says, I want you to pray for them. They just bear their heart with you. You go, I don't know what to do. You're going to be able to know what to do. I love praying for people in, 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 in public because they're like, I'll say, I'll pray for you. And they're like, okay, cool. I'm like, right now. And they're like, you, it's like, what? And before they can run, I'm like, dear God. And they're stuck. They're stuck. Okay, I'm not saying you're going to trap people, but I'm saying, you, I'm not, I, but, but it's going to empower you to be able to, if someone at the mall or at start wherever says to you, I'm having a hard day, imagine if you could pray for them and encourage them. Okay, amen? Okay, so there's a story in the Bible where this man had a demon-possessed boy. The, the man brought his demon-possessed boy to Jesus' disciples. That's y'all. And the disciples pray for the little boy, nothing happened. So the man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I brought my, my son who's demon-possessed to your disciples and they couldn't do anything. And Jesus says, you faithless generation, how long shall I put up with you? This is what Jesus said. He didn't go, oh, bless the Lord. I'll just take care. No, no. He said, I'm tired of y'all. I wonder if he would say that about us. I wonder how many people God has sent into your life that you did nothing for spiritually. And God was like, dang it. Dang it. How many people watch you at work and they got problems and they heard you're a Christian or they heard you go to church and they go, I can't share with them. This is going to tell everybody because they're a gossip like everybody else. And so Jesus says, bring the boy to me. 
And in 17 words, he prays and a demon comes out of him. And then look what he says. They said, they said Jesus, how, how did you do that? They brought Jesus in the room. They closed the door. They said, how, how, how did you do that? We prayed. We did all this stuff and nothing happened. And Jesus says this in Mark, Matthew 17, 21. This kind can come out except by prayer and fasting. Today, we start our fast. Starting dinner time, uh, technically tomorrow. At, you eat your meal tonight, and then the fast starts for 21 days. Or it starts tomorrow. However you want to look at it, it's 21 days. Monday to Monday, okay? Now, uh, we have tons of information on our website. We've been talking about this for, for several weeks. Uh, if you fast... Five, text the word FAST to 52525. You can get all kind of information on fasting. You can look at past sermons on fasting. I'm going to have a devotional every day for 21 days. Uh, in general, you are going to give up something that you eat. Now, you could also give up pornography. That would be a good thing to give up. It's got quiet. <laughs> Do you know that, you know that uh, the day that pornography is watched the most is Sunday? Do you know that one in two guys watch pornography? I do not, for, just for the record. One in six women, and you'll do it today. I could do a whole sermon on what it's doing to your brain neurologically, but it ain't good. Give up lying. But, but in general, if there's 21 days, food-wise, what I'll do is I'll clean out for seven days fruits, vegetables, no bread, no meats, no no sugar, which I don't eat a lot anyway, no caffeine. I don't need caffeine, so I don't have it anyway. Um, no bread and just clean out. And then the middle seven days, I'll do all liquids. And the middle three days of that, I'll just do all water. And then the last seven days, fruits and vegetables again. So I break it up in thirds. That's just what I do. Check with your physician. I don't want to get into your, your health business. Fasting is good. You will start to cleanse your body and you will start to realize that you will hear better. You'll think more clearly. You will need less sleep. You'll smell better. You'll smell in and out when you wake up. You're not even driving past in and out. It's like five miles away and that stuff is just floating through the air because your senses are going to get better. I'm telling you, it's gospel truth. I fasted 40 days multiple times, 20 days multiple times, all this kind of stuff. Your body cleans itself out and it functions at a higher level. What is my point? My point is that if you want this year to be the best year of your life, if you want this year to be the one that changed your life, then take ownership of what you're going to do about it. Number two, and by the way, Prayer is uh, our priority here at the church. That's one of our values, that we pray. So when something happens, how many of y'all got drama in your life? Raise your hand if you got drama in your life. Pray. Get on your knees. Don't worry. Pray. And so we're going to talk about that next week. Take ownership of coming. Number two, the week after that, we're going to talk about uh, the Bible. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Take ownership of making this the year that the word of God changed your life. So many times we make our decisions based on what CNN says or Fox says. You make a decision based on what social media says. You make your decision based on what your emotions say. Your emotions cannot be trusted. You could be happy one minute, sad the next minute based on what the same person said and they, they flip-flop because of something that happened in their life. And you're basing your happiness, your future, your perspective, your belief in yourself based on what someone else said. No, what did the Bible say? 
And so next week, we're going to talk about the Bible. And if you, want to, if you want to start doing something today, just start reading the Bible. And where can you start? How about the beginning? Go to Genesis 1 and just start reading. By the way, if you read three chapters a day, you can read the whole Bible in a year. Simple. Three chapters a day, 20 minutes. I know you can find 20 minutes in your day. Read the Bible, write some notes, write some questions, and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you. And do it that over time, and you'll get better and better and better at it. Number three, week number three, we're going to talk about taking ownership of community. And we'll say community. Take ownership for making this year the year that community changed your life. Um, when I got saved, I started going to church, but what was the thing that changed me and helped me the most was a small group. I have a small group today. I have three or four couples, four, actually now five couples in our small group, and we'll meet in a house, and we'll talk, and we're accountable to each other, and we encourage each other. People have babies. People get married. We have one of our couples uh, had, a, had, a, um, had a, a, a child die, so we were there for each other. That is where you are going to grow. Matter of fact, January 20th, we're going to have a training for small group leaders. So if you want to be a small group leader, come take ownership and say, I want to start a group. How many of y'all would love to be in a group? Raise your hand if you would love to be in a group. Let's go. That's where you're going to meet people. That's where you're going to grow and be encouraged. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens the countenance of of his friend. So who in your life is jamming you up? Who in your life is encouraging you? Who in your life can you go to to be prayed for or learn how to pray for them? We have small groups and that's what those small groups are for. So I'm encouraging you to be intentionally responsible. I am going to get in a group. And by the way, if you don't get in a group one week, don't give up. Go get it. Be determined that I'm going to get in a group or I'm going to learn how to start a group. That's what we're going to talk about on January 28th. The week after that, we're going to talk about worship. Everyone say worship. Take ownership of making this the year that worship changes your life. Now, our services start at 9 and 11. It's called a worship service. It's where we worship in song, we worship by giving, we get into the word, and I wonder how many of you, don't raise your hand, were late. Well, there was traffic. There's always traffic. <laughs> Come early. It is a priority. I'm, ladies, I know if there was some guy going to meet you here, you'd be here on time, clicking through the parking lot early, putting your makeup on, driving at the same time, and still getting here on time. So if we're coming here to meet with the Lord and we're coming here to worship God, make it a priority. Please do not come here thinking that's not an important part of the service. That's what prepares your heart. And I want to, I want to encourage you also to worship at your house. Think about what music's playing in your mind. My, um, I have two daughters that are older now, but when they were little, my one daughter was dancing. She was just doing this. She was rhythmically challenged. She was just kind of. 
And my other daughter was going, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. And we, we got this on video. So we're trying to figure out what she was saying. And my other daughter, she's just twirling around. And my, and my younger daughter was going, I can't hear it, daddy. I can't hear it. And I was like, what do you? And then we figured out what she was saying was, I can't hear it. Because she saw my other daughter, her sister, dancing, thought there was music playing somewhere she didn't hear. But the music was in her head. I wonder what music you're dancing to. Is it the world's music? I wonder what music's influencing how you dress. I wonder what music's influencing how you act. I wonder what music's influencing what you give up. Is it the world's music or is it worship music? Do you have worship music in your head? Because if you have worship music in your head, you're going to act different and you're going to talk different and God's going to shape your life. I want to encourage you, get a worship playlist. Put that in your phone. Put that in your car. When I get up in the morning, I got a routine that's four hours long in the morning from five to nine. And what, the first thing I do is put worship music on. And that plays my whole time it, it, while I'm reading and praying. That's playing in the background. I got worship music when I'm driving. And I'm in my head singing worship music, even though I can't sing. And it's, it's, it's hard to hear because I'm, I'm off tone, but it's still worship music. Make worship a part of your life. And not only coming to church, worship in your song, worship in your service, worship in your giving, that everything is an act of worship to God. God, I honor you. And if church is at 11, church is at 9, that you are in your seat at 11 or at 9 o'clock saying, Lord, let's go. Everyone say, God, I'm ready. That that shows God that he is a priority to you. The week after that, evangelism. This is my favorite. Raise your hand if you know someone that, that needs the Lord. Great. Keep your hand up. Imagine if all of y'all this year, and I, you don't need a year, this month, next two months, said, I'm going to lead one of those people to the Lord. Imagine what would happen to you. Imagine what would happen to them. Imagine what would happen to San Diego. You can put your hands down. Evangelism. Take ownership of making this the year that sharing your faith changes your life. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors. Everyone say ambassador. For Christ. As though God were pleading us through us. We implore you, beg you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. I told you at the end of last year that our challenge to all of you is that all of you would lead one to the Lord. That's not hard if all of y'all do your part. Now, if we got to go around and chase every single one of you, it's impossible. We'll never get it done. But if all of y'all, if all of y'all said, I'm going to lead someone to the Lord. Everyone say those words. I'm going to lead someone to the Lord. If you just said, Lord, bring somebody into my life. Matter of fact, let's pray this right now. Let's pray this right now. Say, dear Lord. Now watch out when you pray this, something's going to happen. Say, dear Lord. I want to lead someone to the Lord before Easter. In Jesus' name. 
bring that person to me. Open the eyes of my heart that I may see who that person is and give me the courage to open my mouth. I talk about everything else <laughs> all day long <laughs> and nothing's more important than you. So give me the courage to talk about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand what he's gonna do. Come on now. So when you leave here, you're gonna be looking around like this. <laughs> when I, whenever I go out to the mall or whatever, I'm always like, you know, because especially if someone from the church wants to say, hey, I don't want to like look away too quick. So I'm like, okay, okay, like this. But, if some, but sometimes God will say, oh, you need to go talk to that person. I don't know. You need to go talk to that person. And miracles happen. Now, you may be an introvert and that's not your thing. Fine. God will bring them to you. And they will say, how you doing? And you're like, are you talking to me? Yep. I need God. I, I literally went into a, to a restaurant one day. It was a chicken place. I, was, I had ordered chicken. I went in to get chicken, uh, barbecue or something. And I went up to the counter, literally. And I said, hey, I'm Miles, whatever. I got ordered 17, whatever it was. And she said, my name is so-and-so. I'm pregnant. My boyfriend's in prison and I need a shepherd. I was like, look, girl, I just want some chicken. I don't know what, you know. <laughs> Kind of throwing a lot on her brother, right? I just came here to get some chicken, <laughs> some, <laughs> some potato salad. Uh, God may not do that to you necessarily, but he may send someone at your job and say, I'm having a hard day. There you go, pray for them. We're going to talk about that next week. Lead them to the Lord. We just talked about that just now. Tell them, tell them about the gospel. That, you can do that. And all you got to do is open your mouth. If you were to walk into the room and the room was dark and you hit the light switch on, the light lights the room. Can I get amen? It wasn't your finger. That's not where the power was. It was in the light. So the power is in the gospel. And so we're going to feed you and give you opportunity to learn how to share the gospel just like you did here. And that's how it starts. It's really that simple. So we're going to give you training for that. Uh, February 18th, service. Everyone say service. Take ownership of making this the year that serving others changed your life. Too many people in church in general, this is no different than here, are consumers, not contributors. They're renters, not owners. Own what happens here. Take ownership of making the mission of this church happened in San Diego. Take ownership of taking the gospel to the street. Take ownership of loving your neighbor. We have to do that. We, not us, the staff in the building. We, the people of the church. Take ownership that I'm going to serve. God has given every single one of you spiritual gifts and calling and passion. There's a group of people in the world, kids, elderly, whatever, that God has put on your heart to help. Well, help. let us help you go reach them. That's what we want to do. So take ownership and say, Lord, I'm, I got saved, I'm here, now I want to serve. How do you want me to serve? Kids ministry, hospitality, youth ministry, parking, there's all kinds of ways to serve. And the only way we can serve more people is if more people serve. Can I get an amen? And that's what's you and me. In the world, service is like I'm the boss. In the kingdom, I'm a servant. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 42, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, lorded over them. In the world mentality, I'm the boss. 
and their great ones exercise authority over people. Yet it shall not be so among you in the kingdom. Whoever desires to become great shall be a servant. Jesus was the greatest, yet he died for us. Number seven, and here's the last week, February 25th, we're going to talk about generosity. Take ownership that to making this the year that being generous changed your life. In the world, everyone's trying to get paid. Everyone's trying to get. In the kingdom, it's about surrender and giving. In Israel, there are two seas, little water, bodies of water, sea. The Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Sea of Galilee has fishing, and Jesus spent a lot of his time there, and a lot of people did fishing there. And then in between the two is the River Jordan where Jesus was baptized. The Dead Sea is the lowest point on the earth and the whole planet, and it has nothing living in it. So the Sea of Galilee has all this life in it, and then the Jordan River flows down to the Dead Sea, and there's nothing living in it. And the Dead Sea is, is so, has such a high salt content that you can float, so much so that you can float with your feet sticking out of the water. You can't sink. Actually, if you stood in the water, you'd float this high up. That's how much dense the salt is. What's the point? The point is that the Sea of Galilee has water coming in and water coming out. Water coming in, water coming out. Say it with me. Water coming in, water coming out. Say it one more time. Water coming in, water coming out. It has life. When God gives us, he wants to give not to us. He wants to give through us. The Dead Sea has water coming in and it stops. The Dead Sea has water coming in. It's the, all it does is collect. It hoards. It's greedy. And everything dies. Spiritually, we want the Holy Spirit to flow in and through us. He wants resources to flow in and through us. He wants ideas to flow in and through us. He wants his love to flow in and through us. We don't want to be where I'm just here to get and keep and hold. Then you become fat cat. You become greedy. You become spiritually dead. You become spiritually critical because it's all about what can I get? What can I get? We want to be generous. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 30, 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Generosity is a privilege. All year, for the next seven weeks, we're going to talk about all these things. Here's the question and the challenge. Is that you would say, I'm going to take ownership of my role that these spiritual disciplines in my life are going to change this year and my life. It's going to transform my future. And I'm going to take ownership of my relationship with God. I'm going to take ownership of my journey. And I'm going to take ownership of my spiritual walk. I'm not going to put it on anybody else. And, and if you do that, God will bring changes. And if you tell God, God, I am here available to you. I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. God is going to do something amazing in your life. Now, I have one more thing to tell you, but I have to go off the stage just for a minute, and then I'm going to come back. So don't go anywhere. Amen? I'll be right back.
Okay. We good? Listen, I hate the cold. I hate the cold. I hate the cold. I, I saw a quote the other day that said, um, the magic that you're looking for in your life is found in the work that you are not doing. The supernaturalness that you are wanting in your life is found in the sacrifices you're not making. It's found in the prayers you're not praying, the community you're not in, the generosity you're withholding. All the things I talk about. If you do those things, God will do more than you can ever ask or imagine. God loves you more than I love my little granddaughter that I showed you on the screen and more than her parents love her. And God wants to bless you. And every week we come here, worshiping God, teaching the word, preaching the word, pleading with you to just trust God. I've been saved for 40, um, 40, 40 years. It'll be September, it'll be 40 years. And God has been incredibly faithful. And not, not, not only so faithful, he has unlimited, he has unlimited blessings and, and surprises. And often in America, specifically San Diego, which is so beautiful, we are so blessed to live here. But we are so spoiled and can be so entitled. Entitled Entitlement is expectation without effort. I just want to show up and God should just bless me. And it don't work that way. And whenever I go around the world and see people who work for $2 a day or much less than what we have, and they are so passionate about God and so blessed by God and so have so much peace but have so le less physical things, I just don't want you to miss it. And so if you're going to have God do something in your life, you're going to have to confront fears. You're going to have to do stuff you've never done I hate the cold, but I've been doing this every day for three weeks. Uh, Junior Seau's son, Jake Seau, challenged me to do this, and, we, and I've been doing it every day, and it is the most amazing thing of my life. Why? Because every time I get out of this pool, well, I, I do it in a pool, another pool, not this one, but every time I get out, I've conquered cold. I said, you, you, don't, you don't scare me anymore. I had my grandson, he's nine years old. He jumped in, he, he jumped in his pool, and he did... <laughs> He jumped in his pool and about a split second later, he was doing Jesus. He was walking on water out the pool. That brother ran in the house so fast. So I saw it on video. He did it at his house. I said, okay. He came over my house. I said, we're going in the pool. He went in the pool and we got out the water and I said, don't dry off. Just stand there. You're not cold. And he stood there for like a minute talking. And then he got back in the pool. He got out again, got back in the pool. He realized, and he was in the pool dancing because I had music on. What he was so scared of, he was now dancing, laughing at. So my encouragement to you is that you will make a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what we talk about for the next seven weeks and then the rest of the year. I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to see what God does. If you're not faithful, then you have nothing to complain about. You can't complain. If you don't diet, you can't complain you're overweight. If you don't save money, you can't complain you're poor. And so I want to challenge you to do these things and take a step of faith and obedience and watch what God does. Starting with tonight, have your last meal at dinner time, whatever that is, and then your fast begins. And do the best you can. But watch what God does.
And when you do your fast, make sure you listen to what God tells you. God, let him guide and direct you. So if you could put up on the screen, it said take ownership to make this year the year that changes your life. Text next steps to 52525. You could take a picture of that, please. Take a picture of that. Get online and let's go. And then come next week. And by the way, if you come to the 11 o'clock service, be here in time to get in your seat at 11. Is there traffic? Of course there is. There's traffic everywhere you go and there's people coming. So come early. Make sure you're here. And make sure you're here saying, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to learn how to worship you. Bring your Bible. And so I want to pray for you and encourage you right now that you would make a commitment. I am going to make this year the year that changed my life. I'm going to take ownership of that. And this year is going to be the best year of my life. And it's going to change the direction of my life. And it's all going to be on me. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for this cold water. In addition to improving immune system and decreasing inflammation and all the physical and psychological benefits, I thank you that every day it reminds me that he who is in, great, in me is greater than he who is in the world. That no temptation shall overtake me except what is common to man and you will always provide a way out. As you hear my voice, if you're convinced that you want this to be the year that changes your life, if you're convinced that you want to take ownership of your path, your actions, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray, dear God, I take ownership of my relationship with Jesus. I want more power, more spiritual wisdom, more spiritual discernment. I want a pure heart. I want to be more like Jesus. And I'm going to take responsibility for that journey. There'll be ups and downs, but I know you'll never leave me or forsake me. As the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up really high see you, so I can see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thousands of you, I'm sure, on all the campuses. Lord, thank you so much for everybody here. Thank you for a new beginning, 2024, January, 20, January 7th. Thank you for what you're going to do in our life. Thank you for what you're going to do in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Ty is going to give you your next step.